This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, bit of a bit of a newsy week time. Bit of a newsy week time. Bit of a newsy weekend time. So it was not a maybe the best time to step away for a few days time. But uh, we're we're back now time. Good enough time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols. 24-7 podcast, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday, oh, let's call it late afternoon, I suppose. Uh, maybe you could call this early evening. It'll probably be early evening by the time this is released. Uh, certainly uh, not just me on this podcast. I should mention that straight ahead. Uh, got Patrick Brown from across uh, town in his uh, undisclosed location. Pat, what's up, man? Nothing much, just uh, sitting here waiting on the uh, SEC to release its football schedule. Yeah, it was uh, it, it, a lot happened over the weekend, and um, mentioned chop that, chop fellas. Yeah, m- mentioned that over the uh, mentioned that during the last podcast that we did last week that um, I, I, I thought maybe some things might happen this weekend, but uh, we all have to take some vacation days here and there. Didn't know when the season was going to start, so uh, if I didn't take a few days. Didn't know we were going to get any before the, the season started, so had to take a few days, step away, didn't do much, went to the farm. Uh, but because I did that, uh, naturally, Rucker Rule, in major effect, Tennessee announces, or the SEC announces, a change to the schedule that we're going to talk about in detail in this episode. Uh, Tennessee also added another football commitment. That's uh, number 24, Demarius McGee. Uh, big, big, uh, wide, I guess I should say, uh, lengthy cornerback there from Pensacola, Florida, Pensacola Catholic High School. Uh, we'll, we'll get together on a podcast episode with Ryan Callahan here sooner rather than later to discuss more about that. But we're talking more uh, about Tennessee's football schedule here. And before we get to that, I'll remind you again that we are still waiting on news with Eve Ponds, Tennessee's basketball I guess you could call him star. I guess you can call someone a star when they're the reigning uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, today uh, being Monday at 11.59 p.m. is the deadline for when he can declare for the draft or not declare for the draft. There will be a podcast soon after uh, his announcement uh, where Grant Ramey and I will will get together and we'll, we'll have a podcast to discuss that. Uh, it could happen. I mean, he could break the news while, himself while we're sitting here recording this podcast. That's certainly possible. So, uh, newsy, newsy weekend, Pat. And, and, you know, I guess this is a story of 2020, isn't it? Just wait for news and expect that it might not be great. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, the biggest news for, uh, for, for a lot of people was the sec announcing its decision last week there. Yes. yes. Um, there was some confusion. The ACC kind of I don't want to say beat the SEC to the punch, but they kind of said, I think they tried to make the SEC look bad by saying, okay, we'll play a 10 game conference schedule, 
but we'll also play a non-conference game. Now, I think the only reason that they threw that on there was to put the ball in the SEC's court uh, as it pertained to those four in-state robbery games. Yes, the big ones. Uh, those those being Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State, and Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, and I think their goal was like, okay, well, if the SEC backs out now, then they look bad. There will be people that will be saying, you know, how, how can they not play if they're in the same state, blah, blah, blah. I think we've already seen some politicians come out and say how, you know, they should play the game, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and the SEC, which at that point, I think the athletic directors had said they wanted to do a 10-game conference-only schedule. At that point, the SEC was like, man, eh, we don't care. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, they were like, forget you, ACC, we're done. We're going to do our own thing. So, um that was the big thing and and the start date as well they pushed the season back three weeks september 26th is the current target date for the start of the season um 10 game conference only everybody's waiting on the revised schedule uh that's going to be voted on by the 14 sec athletic directors um i'm not sure if they have voted as we were recording this now um i think the models um for the said for the schedules were ready according to our brandon marcello and we're ready uh, on friday of last week but not sure when that vote is i'm sh- uh, i imagine that's not going to be uh if they're doing it on zoom i imagine that will be a lengthy zoom call because you'll have 14 different yes. athletic directors with 14 different sets of interests um but uh hopefully they can get that done and hammered out soon so we can uh, have a little bit more clarity in terms of uh who starts when who's playing when who and where um and and when time you know what time are this practice going to get started hopefully and all that stuff and this is all hopeful i should say this is all you know anything could uh could change at this rate as we've seen throughout this this year to circle back to your original question about 2020 being uh just a very unpredictable and uh good news then bad news then good news again then bad news kind of back and forth all all year long yeah and again for for people who are who are wondering why why the SEC or why the ACC would, would want to play that game and maybe the SEC wouldn't. I, I can't speak for both of those conferences. All I can tell you is this. The reason to go conference only, it's not really because of travel because you look at these leagues, the ACC, the SEC, some of these interconference games, I mean, geez, look at the, the Pac-12. I mean, some of those are long flights. Uh, the Big 12, where you've got, like, you know, West Virginia uh, playing some of those Texas schools in, in the same league. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. It, it's not about travel. It's about – I think it's about two things. It's about, one, kind of pushing the start of the season back a little bit but letting it still finish reasonably on time. And number two, I think it's it, it's because if you have, you know, quarantine – uh, or specific sort of guidelines put in place for a conference that's a lot easier to legislate than you know you know what's going on in your conference you know what the standards are we, unless the SEC and ACC had the exact same protocols and standards and unless they all shared information with each other all the time and I'm talking every 24 hours for for months it, 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 if you don't do it that way then it's hard logistically you know, it's hard to make the argument that you're that you're putting safety first for the athletes because you have to have the same protocols in place for everybody, and, and it gets difficult if you don't have it all in the same league, and you can push the start of the season back a few weeks. So, so I get why the fans of those schools would want to play those games, and they're right. I mean, it's a bus ride. They're right there in the same state. They're rivals. They play every year. It's a huge game. It's as big as any conference game. Uh, sort of with with fan pride inside the state. I I get it, but I don't see when you look at logistically what's going on 
across the sports world, you know, you look at just the problems that Major League Baseball is having already. You know, you see some of the leagues where they have you in a bubble. Uh, they can, for the most part, there's some issues there, but they can they can iron out those wrinkles. It's a completely different matter. In, in baseball, you've already seen that virus kind of break loose and go crazy in a couple of different organizations, first with the uh, Marlins and then, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals, who I've told you for years are dirty. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Now we know we have physical proof of that. But in all seriousness, it should be kicked out of both those teams should be kicked out of baseball, I think. Uh, yeah, I know you won't. Come, I know you won't argue permanently forever. Uh, the, the the permanent hammer of ban, the righteous hammer of ban. But yeah, I, I think that I understand why you see when you're when you don't have a bubble, you see how complicated this gets. And this is in you know Major League Baseball. They all have to share information with each other, right? Uh, you look at college football. That's a lot of different conferences. That's a lot of different institutions. If you don't confine things to just within your conference, I think it almost becomes impossible to try playing a schedule. I mean, that's just yeah. that's just the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, the way you're you're seeing it at, at, uh, play out in professional sports, and I think that's part of the reason the SEC picked a late September start date was to give it more time to assess what's going on and, and to see where the numbers are with COVID. Um, but you, you see the sports that are in a bubble, the NHL, NBA, um, the MLS, have had nothing in the way of positive tests. Uh, it's not been the same for, for baseball. They're, they've not been in a bubble. And, um, you know, to a degree, we'll have to see about the NFL. The You know, the issue with the NFL right now is there's a lot of players going on to – the reserve COVID-19 list. Yes. Uh, there's already been two former Tennessee players that have been put on it. And Justin Coleman, who actually has tested positive for the virus and the Nigel warrior as well. Um, and then also on Monday, Juwan James has opted out uh, of the season. Um, so there's a handful of players that are um, saying, you know, I'm not going to take the risk. And uh, in Juwan James's case, he, you know, he and his wife just had a, had a son born in May. So, you know, it's a tangible reason for him not to push the envelope. So, um, you're seeing a lot of that in the NFL and, and, you know, they're not, they're, they're kind of in an MLB like bubble, but it's a little bit different. Um, you know, when they're in training camp, obviously it's, mm-hmm. it's all, they're kind of all amongst themselves. A lot of times I don't think they're venturing out too much. And for a lot of these guys, there's not much to venture out into now, but big issue for college football is, is that in a matter of a couple of weeks at all these campuses, pretty much, you're going to have literally thousands of students come on these campuses and, uh, a lot of these players are going to be going to classes with guys, uh, with students that, who are, um, you know, they're in college. They're probably not uh, obeying the the social, you know, they're probably not adhering to those guidelines as much as. Correct. There's a hundred, uh, there's a hundred percent chance that, that they wouldn't be doing that. And, and, and this has been brought up by players and, and there's some of their discussions with, um, with the SEC and its decision makers. So it's just uh, every, every day, you know, you get, you, you get the announcement last week that, okay, they're going to play. This is, they're going to be their schedule. They got a start date. All right. They have like a semblance of a plan. And then over the next couple of days is you see other things that are like, yeah, this is not going to probably not going to go well. And so it just kind of, it's kind of those ebbs and flows. And um, for the SEC, they're going to wait and, and see what happens with some of the other power five leagues. They're going to see what happens with the NFL who um, I think, you know, some other leagues in the NFL are both scheduled to have played a couple of weeks by the time the SEC it's it's opening weekend, so um, it's just it's just uh, it's tough to know right now. For for Tennessee standpoint, though, I think they're you know, and this has been their mantra all, all off season is just to get ready to be ready. And they don't know when that's going to be, but for for Pruitt and, and the players, it's 
Um, let's focus on what we can control um, and what we can do. And, and, and that's been their, their mindset all season as they sort of like the rest of us sort of uh, get, you know, move toward the unknown and, and just the ongoing unknowns of, of what's going to happen with the season. Yeah. And, and I warn people that, that there are, there are a couple steps here uh, that end in, you know, the end of the process would, would be the, the worst case scenario, which is no season at all. And there are steps taken toward that end this was one of those steps this is the first time you go okay well you can't play the full schedule so now you can play uh two games less and it'll be only conferences and, you know it, the next step might be playing only six seven games and then after that i mean they're pro- they're talking about maybe maybe not playing a season at that point so I, I i know people want good news i want to give people good news i want to be optimistic um, but i don't think you could I don't think it does anyone any good to be naive about this. Uh, this is a serious issue. Uh, everyone needs to continue taking this seriously. If you want to have this entertainment in your life, uh, there are things that all of us can do probably to help that happen. And and you just, I know people are all over the place on this thing, but you, you, you just got to take it seriously because this is one of those steps Pat, I mean, we're talking just a couple more steps there, and then there's not a season, you know? I mean, it, it could be – it's a near-run thing at this point, I think. Yeah, and, you know, there's still some questions just um, to, to be answered, and, and obviously the next step for the SEC is, is coming up with a schedule um, just to uh, get us back on track. We, nobody knows if there's going to be a season at this point. We, we can't – you know, a lot of people are hopeful for, for Tennessee's standpoint, obviously – um, as Phil Fulmer said last week, uh, he was he was happy to have some clarity from the league about what you know what their plan is, when their start date is, what kind of schedule they're going to play. Now his focus is trying to figure out how many people, uh, if any, they're going to be able to put in, into Neyland Stadium, and um, that's something they've been working through. And, and he even mentioned that it might fluctuate throughout the course of, of the season. Obviously, Tennessee is going to go from uh, seven home games to five. So uh, if they can, you know, salvage some of the lost revenue from losing two home game weekends. Uh, both, you know, the university, the athletic department, the city of Knoxville, the area, all that stuff. Um, if they can salvage some of that with having 20% of Neyland full and can do it safely, then uh, they'll try to find a way to do it. But uh, those are all questions that uh, decision makers and leaders and, and players are, are going into um, going into the month of August, which is always, you know, traditionally this is the month, you know, in a normal world, Tennessee would be getting ready to start practice on Friday. Um, and, and now it's, you know, we don't know when they're going to start practice yet uh, exactly. And, you know, we don't know what the season's going to look like or if there's even going to be one. So um, we'll just, again, we'll just have to wait and see and, and, and whatever happens will happen. Yeah. There's a lot to discuss about this and including kind of what this schedule might look like. Uh, and again, we're, we're, we're not trying to be uh, optimistic or pessimistic here. We're trying to just you know, discuss some of the options, discuss some of the the way things could go. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a step back. We're going to go pay some, uh, some, some bills, listen to some product services, in-house ads, all those other fun things. And then we're going to come back and we're going to spend the second segment discussing what Tennessee's football schedule could look like in 2020, uh, assuming that it still uh, is played. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from parts unknown, undisclosed locations in the 865 area code. That's as far. We can say 865 area code, right, Pat? Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's a pretty wide area. Yeah, it's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a long – it would be hard to find you just knowing that information. So we'll go ahead and go with that. Uh, before we talk a little bit more about Tennessee's football schedule, I do want to add this, guys. Please go in and rate and review this podcast. I'm going to say it every episode, and you're going to get tired of me saying it, but uh, I'm going to sit here and keep saying it. i got to do it, so I apologize for that. But please, there's nothing you can do that will help us more than going in and rating and reviewing and subscribing to this podcast. It's on pretty much every podcast platform that's out there. Uh, our guys do a great job of pushing that out uh, into uh, Al Gore's internets. So go, if you're listening to us here, we, we appreciate it. We love you for it. But please hit the subscribe button. Please rate and review this podcast, and uh, that will get it out to as many Tennessee fans as possible because, as you can see, every time Tennessee plays a game anywhere on planet Earth, there are lots and lots of Tennessee fans out there. So help them find these episodes as well. Help them find this podcast, and we will continue to grow this wolf pack. Pat, talking about Tennessee's 2020 football schedule, which we know – I don't. I, I guess I, I can't say we know. Uh, at this point, we are being told that it will be going from a 12-game uh, regular schedule to a 10-game conference-only schedule. So that means Tennessee-Oklahoma, that one's gone. Uh, and we'll see when Tennessee and Oklahoma, if they can find a way to, to replay that game at some point. I imagine they'd have to because they've got a contract to play that game, and Oklahoma's got to come back to Knoxville. So uh, they'll have to find a way to make that work. But let's look at just the here and now. And that is the fact that we know who was on Tennessee's initial schedule. We know those eight, you know, I guess those eight conference teams. Now there's going to be two more. And there are lots of different ways to go about that. The SEC, as of the time we're recording this, Pat, still has not made a decision. So where, where do things stand there? Uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the in the podcast, they uh, there are models out there that have been put forth by the league. Uh, our Brandon Marcello, who, who has um, done a great job throughout this offseason of, of keeping track of uh, the moving and shaking that the SEC has done throughout this unpredictable process, uh, said that there's more than, than three models. I imagine there might be uh, – I, I couldn't do the math. Um, might have to get my wife. She teaches high school math. She could probably figure out how many different models they can do with, uh, uh, with each team. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a but lot. there's probably not that many, but, uh, I, I think, uh, to Fulmer's point, um, in an interview he did on, on, uh, WNML here in, in Knoxville last week. So, uh, based on what he said there, that, that strength of schedule is going to be, uh, a bigger factor than maybe some people originally thought a lot of people kind of latched on to the idea. I know 
uh, I did too, uh, that they would just take your, your next two cross division opponents and put them on this schedule, which seems um, so logical. Yeah. It's logical. Uh, unless you're Florida who would draw Alabama, Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that gets down to the point where whenever this vote happens, there's going to be a lot of, uh, self-interest and teams are going to be looking at, okay, who, who, who's getting added to our schedule and who's getting added to, you know, if you're Georgia and Florida, who, who are they adding, you know, in that scenario, um, Tennessee would have gotten LSU on the road and Ole Miss at home, but Georgia would have gotten Arkansas and Mississippi state, which, uh, if you're Florida and you're wondering, you know, if you're Florida would have vetoed that they probably were already out there trying to, uh, ixnay that uh, possibility yeah you you can um, see from a mile away who the fly in the ointment is here it's it's yeah it's florida and they're not and they're not the only one that's not to say the the gators are uh throwing the wrench into things but um uh you know and of course i'm sure tennessee is is not you know shedding a tear over the fact that uh florida might have to play alabama uh, georgia's actually already playing alabama this season so um before we get to the sec i do want to point out one thing about that oklahoma series is that I don't. I don't know when they're going to find a chance to to play that game in Norman because Oklahoma has has loaded up its schedule over the next yeah. uh, legitimately the next fifteen years. They have like two series with Nebraska, and then they have one each with Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Clemson. So they've been really aggressive um, uh, in their scheduling. And the uh, unless they want to play two Power Five teams or in some cases two SEC teams in one season, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, the next opening for that game might be 2024, which would be 10 games, uh, 10 years after they're supposed to play here in 2024. So did I say 20, the next spot, the next opening for Oklahoma might be 2034, I should say. So, yeah. um, do they, do they try to just reschedule it way down the road? Do they try to turn that, uh, that one game in 24 into just, you know, they, they scrap the series and make that a one-off game, try to find a, a neutral side to play at, um, you know, Tennessee has a little more, you know, they don't have much on the books beyond uh, the next handful of seasons in terms of that big non-conference game. They've got Pittsburgh the next two seasons. They've got BYU. They've got to go back out there in 2023. Then they've got Oklahoma in 24. Uh, and then they have Nebraska in 26 and 27. That series has been moved back about three different times. Yes. Um, so that's just what is going to happen with that series. Um, and we also need to pull one out for Charlotte, Troy, and Furman. Uh, there were going to be some interesting storylines with those games, obviously. Uh, I know Will Healy, the Charlotte coach, who's coach at Chattanooga. He's from Chattanooga. He coached Austin P. He was really looking forward to. Good old boy. Uh, it would have been fun. The opportunity to coach at Neyland Stadium where he grew up going to Tennessee games. Um, so I know, you know, that's an unfortunate, you know, situation for him and for his program, which played at Tennessee a couple of years ago and gave the balls a, a tight game. Um, you know, Furman, obviously, you know, George Corals is coming back to coach at Tennessee, of, you know, former Maryville coach. That's a, that would have been a nice little hashtag storyline. Um, and, you know, uh, and, and Troy, the other team, they were actually getting the biggest paycheck out of those three. They were getting 1.4 million. Charlotte was getting 1.3, and uh, Furman was getting 500,000. So uh, those are big losses uh, financially for those programs. And uh, as I wrote last week, the way Tennessee's uh, those game contracts are written, Tennessee seems to be pretty safe from any sort of uh, if, if either of those teams comes after the uh, breach of contract penalty, which is a million dollars, I'm sure, in these times. Um, Tennessee would not want to fork over an extra million if it didn't have to. Um, and those small programs may not want to deal with all the legal fees that would go up. Um, I agree with that. That would come, that would involve coming after, um, one of the big boys. And of course that the risk for on their side too, is that if you try to, to get some money out of one of these big programs, other big programs may be less likely to schedule you down the road. So, um, 
they Tennessee should be somewhat in the clear there, I think. Um, then there's just obviously the question with the Oklahoma series, but getting back to the SEC, what we know so far is that the eight teams that are on the schedule are going to stay on the schedule. Mm-hmm. We don't know that they're necessarily going to stay in the same order. I would think that they're not going to. So um, I know they said the season starts on September 26th. Tennessee's originally supposed to play Florida on September 26th. It's not guaranteed that Tennessee's going to open the season with Florida. Uh, they may shift everything around. They could finally, Tennessee could finally play Florida in November. Uh, they could play Vanderbilt in September and they could play Alabama back on the third Saturday in October again, because uh, it was originally was going to be on the fourth Saturday of the season. So all that stuff could get moved around and um, who knows who they're going to get out of the West. We do know it'll be two of the five of Auburn, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Texas a I know that's not really uh, doing anything more than stating the obvious, but that's where the situation is right now. I don't think the SEC to this point has voted. Uh, I know we've discussed this before, but they really ought to turn this into some sort of TV special. I that's think. that's what I, I wrote this like a month ago. And they don't I, necessarily have to do the lottery, although that would be pretty cool. I just um, imagine, imagine it, Pat. Imagine that you're tuning into SEC. I Network. think it was my idea, technically, but well, really? we'll whoa, 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 really? We have to review the tape on that one. I wrote the column like a month ago. Yeah, we talked about it on the podcast. I think, I, you know what? That, that this uh, this conversation is becoming a confrontation <laughs> over here, Pat. That I, you know, but in all seriousness, how fun would it be? How fun would it be? Even if they just televised the announcement, just do week by week, yes. draw it out, give give people something to look at, give play, you know, give teams and coaches everybody something to look at. I'm just at imagining and watch. like ping pong balls, like they do for the NBA, you know, like the, the NBA draft lottery, or like they do for like the Champions League drawing in soccer. Just put all, you know, you, you take those teams, go alphabetically, whatever. You draw the the names out. That's who you get. And then you have immediately you have all 14 coaches on at different times that night on the network to discuss it. Uh, you know, you, you have live cams on their reactions, you know, like, you you know, you can see you can see like if Pruitt, like if they pull out like Mississippi State, he'll just try to be like real nonchalant about it. You know, if you if you draw somebody else, it's tougher. You know, you draw LSU, you go, Ugh. you can just see him kind of in his eyes. How fun would that be? How fun would that be? That would be pretty fun. It was the Champions League draw. I know you're not familiar with the Champions League draw because Arsenal has not played in it in a number of years. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's been about three but, years now, yeah. But you could make the uh, those, those plastic footballs that like the hosts really struggle to open. Oh, you yes. could do that. That yes. would be really funny. That would be fantastic. There are so many things. We are trying to bring people content in a, in a year that just sucks. Everything about this year just sucks. So why not have something that doesn't suck? Just have that way. And you can't say, you know, because what's the big thing Philip Fulmer said that the SEC wants it to be, quote, this is his quote, fair and equitable. What is more fair and equitable than a lottery drawing? Everybody's got the same chance, right? Plus, you'd get you'd get all sorts of frozen envelope conspiracies. Yes. All sorts of good stuff. Some Ewing stuff like back in the day, man, that would have been how fun would that have been? I just think I think that would have that I, I guarantee you they won't do it that way because they just won't. They'll want to have control over it, which is fine. But that would be the most fun way to go about it. Other than that, though, Pat, in all seriousness, when you're talking about doing a strength of schedule, how can you judge a strength of schedule when teams lose 
what approximately 25 to 30 percent of their roster every single year how that sounds like you, a butch jones stat i but, think he he always aggravate he always like exaggerated it to like a third of your roster right and that's what he did yeah and i'm saying 25 to 30 percent maybe i don't know somewhere in there that, that that seems fair right i mean you got four classes worth of players so yeah and, yeah. and then transfers and, some, and other people you know i mean it's just but how how can you know going into a year like, you know Alabama is going to be pretty good every year, right? You know that. You know at this point Georgia is going to be pretty good every year. You know, LSU lost a lot, but they've been recruiting at a high level forever. Uh, they're obviously going to be okay. So there are some things that you know, right? But there are some teams that kind of cycle up and have a really good year because they got a bunch of seniors and then or junior seniors that are good players the next year. They kind of go back to the bottom again. How can you tell what strength of schedule – I don't know how strength of schedule to me as a basis for a, a college football schedule is ridiculous. If you're trying to do that before the season starts. Now, if you're using it to determine bowl pecking order or something like that after the season, or you're ranking people based on that, I have no problem with that. It's going into a season where you have no idea how good or bad some of these teams will be. I don't know how you can make a strength of schedule argument on that because you can't go off last season and you can't go off the predictions for this season either because it hasn't happened yet. I just don't know how they can look at you keep hearing the strength of schedule argument. And to me, I just, that seems like garbage to me. I, I don't, I don't buy it. Well, I, I think there's enough statistical models out there that you could find a way to measure whether maybe it's over four years, what have you. I don't know. There, as, enough, uh, as many numbers as there are in a lot of sports nowadays, baseball is particularly like this. Yes. Just an over, over abundance of numbers. You've got too many numbers, too many stats. Uh, the NBA obviously has picked up uh, its analytics side as well. Uh, as many of those models are out there, you could probably do the same for college football and finding a strength schedule. Um, from Tennessee's standpoint, it's probably easy to look at it. You're going to play the best team in the West already. You're playing Alabama. You're going to play probably the worst team in the West, which is Arkansas. Um, so you're hoping you get probably one of LSU, A&M, or Auburn and not two of those teams, and then you hope, you know, in an ideal world, you get Ole Miss, Mississippi State. That would be the ideal world. I, I don't, I don't, you know, could one of those teams, you know, could Auburn, Texas A&M, or LSU tank the season possibly? I mean, it, like I said, you never know. Auburn is always very up and down. They're probably the hardest team to predict in the league. That's, um, that's, an, that's an accurate statement. Yeah, you know, Texas A&M is supposed to be, you know, a lot of people are, are high on them. Phil, uh, Phil Steele has them in like the top five. Hashtag Phil Steele. Um, I'm looking at his, uh, his, pre, his preview magazine for a season that's going to be not <laughs> anything normal. Um, you, know, you know, LSU obviously lost like 800 draft picks. They lost Joe Burrow. Um, you know, if you have to play them, if there's every year, I guess, to play in Death Valley, it's probably this one if it, the stadium is going to be either partially full or, or entirely empty. Um, and then maybe this is not the year you want to play a first year coach. You know, uh, if you, if you, if your opener is against Ole Miss Mississippi state and you've got to go up against uh, Lane Kiffin or, or Mike Leach, uh, who says that's easy, you know, and on paper it probably would be. So um, yeah, I just think if you're Tennessee, you're probably hoping from one of each of those kind of pools or tiers, maybe you can do it that way. Wes, I don't know. Um, but I think you – I mean, I think everybody kind of in the league knows what expectations are for everybody. I mean, there's always a team or two that uh, rises above expectations. There's always a team or two that, um, you know, falls short of expectations. Uh, on the east side of things, you know Georgia and Florida are going to be really good. You know Tennessee and Kentucky are probably going to be solid. Um, you know, football teams are going to be competitive on a weekly basis. And you probably know that 
uh, you know, South Carolina and Missouri are kind of wild cards. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt's not going to be very good. You kind of know, you know, it, yeah, your, your point that you can't really make a strength of schedule based off last year because teams are different and you can't make it off this year because that's happened. I get that. Uh, but I think I think most people know kind of what the pecking order is and kind of what maybe the tiers are. Um, and if you um, if you go about it that way, I think it's it's there, there's a there's a path there there's an end that can be reached that can have most everybody happy. Let's be honest, whatever schedule the SEC pumps out, there's going to be one or two teams or maybe even more that are just hated. They're just mad. They'll probably voice it. They'll probably leak some stuff about how uh, you know. The process, the process was rigged and stood on the table you know the same stuff we saw with you know kentucky leaking about you know the gator bowl and when what you know what tennessee did there allegedly so um you know I'll, I'll, you'll you'll probably see some of that that backhanded stuff it's it's the sec it's kind of way it goes um but uh, i did see a report i think it was from al.com just as we were recording this that the big 10 is supposedly going to reveal its schedule tomorrow tomorrow being tuesday so uh, hopefully the sec is not far after that the pac-12 we should mention has already announced theirs they've got um i think you sit usc ucla are playing in the opening week of their season so um these schedules are going to come out now we just have to hope and wait that that they get up they get played and, and there's not as many uh, interruptions as we've seen with a couple of other sports already yeah i mean i think that the bottom line is we we all want football uh, i hope this happens and you know it, it, I, Let's try From a selfish to be- standpoint. I hope Tennessee gets LSU in, in Baton Rouge because uh, yeah. that's the only stadium I've not covered a game in um, in the SEC. On the uh, other hand, I, I don't want to go there if it's you know there's ten thousand people in the stands. That would be kind of weird. But yeah, that's weird. I, I've covered a, a weird. I've covered a couple of games there. Uh, We've all covered both, games at Vanderbilt, right? Both of them are unusual. Yes. Yes. Da 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 da. That was me banging on the table. If you did not hear it, yeah, and that that was me making the symbol sound like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I'm. Tr- if you want to be optimistic about this, you can say that if you have to take away two games from a schedule, one way that you can make up for that is by playing two more SEC games than normal, right? I mean, that's going to be maybe that's maybe that's more enjoyable for some fans. You know, I mean, you get to see a couple more SEC games than you would normally get to see. You know, that maybe that's. Maybe that's a, a fair trade-off, you could say. I don't know. I mean, Tennessee-Oklahoma was going to be a fun game, so that's, you know, kind of a bummer. But maybe getting, you know, adding an LSU or somebody, hey, that it's fun, right? I mean, if you, if you want to find a way to make this more enjoyable than normal, uh, add a couple add a couple SEC games. Maybe that's one way to offset it. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it'll be uh, – if it gets played uh, somewhat normal, it could be really fun. I mean – you're going to get some matchups that you, you don't normally get. And so uh, that'll, that'll be, uh, like I said, I, if, if Florida ends up playing Alabama and the same year that Georgia gets to play Alabama, I'm sure Tennessee won't have much sympathy given that they have to play Alabama every season. So, um, and, and, you know, from Tennessee's standpoint, you're, you're swapping out three games that were uh, likely wins. Um, and you're probably going to get one of those at most um, unless they are, unless, Fulmer works some magic and gets them to, to get Mississippi State and Ole Miss, which uh, those teams still might be pretty good. They might be sneaky with those, you know, those first-year coaches. But 
Uh, yeah, also, I mean, Lane, paper, Lane, Lane Giffen made Tennessee a, a pretty decent team there in his yeah, one year. Yeah, and, and on paper, that if you could, if you're Tennessee, you'd say right now we'll take Ole Miss, Mississippi State. We'll even play those both on the road if we have to, if we could get those. Uh, compared to playing the defending national champs and two top 15 caliber teams in Auburn, Texas A&M. So, uh, but even if you got that, I mean, there's there's no guarantees. This is this is going to be a weird season, but um, if it happens, uh, it, it will be could be really exciting i mean it could be um like i said you're, you're going to get some some games that you normally wouldn't get uh and the sec if, if the season gets played out everywhere somewhat normally across the country uh sec fans can hey we're the best we don't know nobody will know that because you're not playing anybody else from another league but it's true the sec uh the bragging rights will be out in full force. And everyone will know that that pretty much the whoever is determined an SEC champion would have a really darn good chance of being the national champion. So, you know, I mean, it's almost, uh, that, it's almost like saying the same thing at this point. It's almost one and the same, almost. If there's, if there's any semblance of a season, they will do whatever it takes to play a playoff. Uh, bowl games. That's a lot of money. Uh, bowl games seem really dicey to, uh, uh, to have, especially if there's 40 of them. But, um, again, those are all questions that I don't know that anybody – can know the answer to at this point well there is one uh, question that, that we do have it seems like answered we said going into this podcast that we didn't know what eve ponds uh, was going to do probably was leaning toward coming back but not really sure it looks like there are reports coming out now and i'm trying i'm on my phone trying to text and get some confirmation on this stuff uh, as we're recording this just before 6 p.m uh, eastern time on monday but it looks like eve ponds will come back uh, to Tennessee for his senior season. So you will hear another podcast tonight. Uh, you'll hear me and you'll hear Grant Ramey discussing that news, uh, what it means for Tennessee, all that stuff going forward. Condolences to everyone who has to listen to Wes and Grant. Yeah, and, and then you're you're going to have to – there's going to be one where Ryan and I are talking about recruiting that will probably drop by tomorrow morning at the latest. So Even more condolences. That's going to be – for those of you who are uh, kind of wishing that you had some, a podcast over the weekend, now you looks like you're going to have three by Tuesday morning this week. So – that's that's maybe one way to make it up to the people's maybe I like to know. deliver the people what they want even if it's yeah. it may, it may even not, if Wes made it happen later than it should have yeah it may not be what I'm you blaming want. you i'm not i'm not hiding that just for the record it, it may not be what you want but but it's what you need uh, pat is there anything else before we step on out of here i think we're gonna get uh get get this one up and posted and uh, roll on to the next one uh no i think that's it we're, we're again as i mentioned we don't know what time or when Tennessee's going to be starting practice. They're obviously doing some practice-like things right now with uh, the de facto OTAs with meetings and, and walkthroughs. Um, but when we get more uh, information on when Tennessee will actually be able to put on the pads and do some of that stuff, we will pass that along. I think that's a good place to leave it, Pat. Thanks, man. Yep. Guys, thanks for tuning in as always. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Westarker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan's Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, if you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you don't want any of our personal stuff, uh, you can go get that at twitter.com slash govols 24-7. Or if you want mostly, mostly Tennessee news, you can also get that at facebook.com slash govols 24-7. You can go get all that stuff there. Or you can get that that delicious that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water just right from the source at GoBalls247.com. Got some good deals to start the month off right now. I believe we got a 50% off 
uh, deal going on right now, so you can go check that out here, uh, at least for the next couple of days, I believe. You can go check that out, good time to do that. Or if you wanna pay us full price, which is a very, very reasonable rate, uh, you get, in addition to that, you get CBS All Access access for free. That's CBS's streaming platform, all kinds of good stuff on there. I was looking at it today. I mean, you've got everything from all the CBS shows ever made uh, to new movies that come in every month. Uh, you've got live sports that are gonna be on there, including the UEFA Champions League, not next year, but this year, the finals uh, for this year, the knockout stages, all that will now be on CBS All Access starting this weekend. So you can go check that out there. You can root against uh, Pat's Liverpool Reds if you want to do that. You can get that right there. You can also get, there's all kinds of stuff like Smithsonian Channel, uh, MTV, Comedy Central, all the Chappelle shows ever made, uh, Daily Show, all kinds of stuff for free, commercial free, all of that if you subscribe to our site, which I think is a pretty good deal, all things considered. Uh, last thing I'm going to tell you guys or ask you to do, please go in and rate interview this podcast. Nothing that you do will help us more than rating and reviewing and subscribing to this podcast. And I think that's going to wrap it up and we'll you'll probably hear from us again here in, I don't know, about an hour or so. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.